Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. All right. Praise God. So... Uh, by way of a, a small review, if you didn't, you weren't here last Wednesday, I want you to go back and listen to what we said about consecration. I want you to prepare yourself for consecration. I don't remember what we're doing is being read. We're not trying to wait till uh, fasting and prayer time before we get in, get into uh, that prayer mode. We're trying to uh, be preemptive that God can speak to us more profoundly, more clearly once we uh, set aside that time. Um, today, I want to speak about um, uh, a topic of impartation. I feel like it's not really talked about a great deal. Um, I'm going to navigate some waters. I, I'm going to sh show you more what it looks like than give you, than, than over uh, definition you. Okay, I'm going to show you what it looks like in Scripture. Um, let's just start off maybe with Romans. Can I have my big uh, family Bible too, baby? It's in my bag. Uh, Romans 1 and verse 11. That's where we're going first. Romans 1, uh, verse 11. I want to say, now I did not grow up in a faith tradition that was very loud. In fact, it was quiet. I had times, I, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and I grew up in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Yes, you probably perceive that I have some Baptist roots, some Pentecostal roots, some holiness roots, some, some uh, Church of God roots, all that's in there, but my Genesis roots, you know, my beginning places in the, in the you know, inward type of worship. Anything that, that's outward or flamboyant or, you know, power-driven, where somebody might wave a hand, shout, I always thought those are the undignified people that, you know, you have to tolerate in the body of Christ. In fact, I remember going to my first uh, prayer meeting and uh, at, at Debbie's church perfecting, and I was, it, yeah, it was, yeah, because those people at the time, because they were those people, because I wasn't one of those people, you ever, you know, you go to a prayer meeting to pray, and I thought to myself, why are they so loud? We're all on our knees, and every night there's somebody, hallelujah, and, you know, and they jerk, and they, you know, and they, you know, they just have, you know, displays. And I thought, oh, 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 oh. this is too much. And I, and I remember uh, they, they said uh, a woman named Mother Fields Davis was going to do a Thanksgiving revival. And, you know, where I'm from, church mothers were the version of what we would call elders, but, you know, only men were elders, so you had church mothers. And so they were powerful women. Um, these women prayed all the time, and, and I remember thinking to myself, seeing displays of the power of God over, over times of my life, that, uh, you know, that's not real. In fact, I spent a lot of my life mocking people who kind of danced in church or something, you know, I said, look at them. I, I can mock real good. It actually looked like I, I was 
familiar with it because I can mock it real good. You know, I can make the, you know, holy faces. Hallelujah. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it real good. I can mock people. And so, so you know, I was, I was about fed up with the loud prayer people. I wasn't going to make it to this church long, but it was, it was touching me. But, but it's just the, the loud times were really disturbing. And, and I thought to me, and we having this revival and the music's loud and, and, and I, I'd never been a part of a service where they had laying on the hands, you know, so I was like, what? they just violate people's space, you know, just give people a break. I mean, don't violate me. And, uh, and so Pastor Winans and, the, and I was, I was like a stand in the front person and they asked me into the middle aisle and, and, you know, they was going to pray for me, but I'd already decided, oh no. All them people going down like they got a disease in church. I said, I'm not enrolling. I said, I'm not, that's so undignified. I thought to myself, I can't wait till this service is over. I mean, not, they preaching the word now. I'm enjoying the music and, and the word's going good, but they need to leave some of these other particulars out. And so, with my story, and they wanted to pray for me. And I said, I remember saying this. I said, I'll tell you what. I mean, they're calling me out, and I'm, I'm out in the middle of the aisle, and so I got to be prayed for. So I brace myself. I put my, I put my leg up. <laughs> I said, they're not going to get no CDs out of me. CD, you know, courtesy drop. Oh, no. Oh, oh not here. Ain't no courtesy drops. I put my, I put my leg up. I said, yeah, come on. Come on. What you got? Mother Fields. Come on. Mother Fields lay hands and um. I was real tensed up, and my, my, my face was doing, must have been doing something weird because her brother, Pastor Winans, got in my ear. He said, James, said, yeah, calm down. We not going to hurt you. <laughs> I, said, I don't know if I said okay or not, but I don't know when I went to the floor, and I don't know how I got there, and I don't know how long I had been there. But I kept saying to myself, man, I don't believe in none of this, but that was power. And I began to get to know some of the life and lifestyle of some of these church mothers. And one mother in particular that, if, if you follow Debbie's family any, any time, was a famous uh, church mother named Mother Boyd. And Mother Boyd she would, she, uh, Taylor was talking about fasting five days. She would fast like 200, 200, I mean, some ridiculous. She, I mean, just she would do it. And I said, who does that? I mean, that, the, the Lord would have to call you to do something like that. And, and she would have these visitations from God and these interactions with God. And wherever she was, it was a revival. It didn't matter what city. It didn't matter if it was a grocery store. It didn't matter where it was. It was a revival around her. From the dead to the sick to the blind to people getting saved. It was a revival. So I remember I tell this story sometimes in church. I was at your mother's, one mother's birthday where y'all re retired your mother. I remember it's when you retired. And, and uh, mother boy's gone on to be with the Lord and she was at a table. And she had sent uh, somebody to go get me. I, I'd never, only met her once. And she said, go get him. And you know, 
you don't go to the principal's office, you know, you stay away from a table with that much power. You just say, you know, it's powerful people and you stay away. And I was uh, there and she said, son, yes, mom. do you know what the Lord is doing in you? I said, no. She said, it's big. It's real big. I was maybe 19 at the time. It's big what the Lord is doing. Mm-hmm. He said he calling you to consecration. I said, Cons- who? What cons who? Consecration. I said, well, mother, she, she's fasting. She, 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 I said, well, well I, I said, I, I want to obey the Lord. What is, what is she saying I need to do? She said, many days. You need many, many, many days. She said, but what you got to do, you need many days. I said, oh, man, I, that's depressing. I like food. I like the Lord, but I, don't, I mean, I don't want to go without food. And I started seeing someone's faith I would like to imitate because the results of her life, the results of Pastor Wiener's life, who was... Uh, who who trained me as a pastor, were just outrageous. And I began to realize there's, I I have no fruit. (laughs) I have no fruit in my life. And so I wanted to see what do fruitful people live like? And last week, we start giving a little insight to what fruitful people live like. But throughout Scripture, were the only people graced by God or favored by God or empowered by God, were the only people powerful in character or were some of them weak? In other words, is there a qualification to this? Or is it something that God wants to do? So I just want to read a script, simple Scripture to you to give you some context, and then we're going to go deep on a journey. Uh, read uh, Romans 11 to 1. Romans 1, 11? Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, Romans, yeah, 1, 11. Romans, what Romans 1, 11. Hey, Cray, his mic doesn't sound right, sir, please. You got to talk in it a little bit, Dave. Just talk in it some more, Dave. Check, 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 test, test. It's only up here in the monitors. Check, check, test, test. Cray. Just shout it. Just shout it. No, 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 not my mic, Craig, his mic. They won't check, 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 check. Dave's on the front row checking the mic. Check, check. Pastor, there yeah. we go. Yeah, Ooh. All right. Come on. Uh, Romans 1, 11. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen Stop. you. Stop. Paul wants what I want for you. I have longed for this day to give you something. What I want to give you was given to me. By faith, I received it. By faith, I extended. Paul said, I've got something you might not have, and I, I just so desire for you to have it. I want to give it to you. I want to impart it. I want to extend it. I want you to, it to be upon you. I want it to be in your life. And it's a gift. It's a charisma. It's an endowment. It's a smearing. It's an empowerment. 
It's, it's a responsibility. It's a calling. He wants to give it to you. I want to give you something. But it must be in someone's possession in order for them to give it. They've got to have it or they've got to have the authority to extend it. He said, that is, keep, keep reading. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. But I love the humility of Paul. Paul said, I've got a gift and I've got to impart it to you, but I don't want you to think that I'm coming into your Roman environment in a church I didn't start. And the only thing I can do is give something to you. I need to receive. See, the whole, I love that God makes it a body of believers where we all need each other. There's no big eyes and little U's. There are different assignments. We all have different assignments in each other's life, and we can appreciate the grace on each other's life. You are, you, a lot of you, uh, I, I might be the senior pastor, but I'm not the worship leader, and I can't lead worship like Kristen. I can't lead worship like Debbie. And when I'm, I'm, I'm watching them lead, I'm under their leadership. They're leading me. It's not just cows. I'm not the leader of the men's ministry. I don't make the tenants. I don't, I don't have that creativity. Pastor JT is the leader of the men's ministry. He has an anointing. He has a grace. And I can either reject it or I can accept it. He has something to impart to my life. We have a mutual exchange. He has to receive what I have to give. I have to receive what he has to give. But everyone has something they, have to, they, they can give. Problem is, is we don't always know we have it. But tonight, I want to clear that up. Yeah, glory. Let's, let me say a few things, and we're going to go spend some time in Numbers 11. You can get ready and go into Numbers 11. There's the person who has to extend something, and then there's the person who has to be in a posture to receive something. I told you that I had a posture that says, don't you touch, don't you try to, I, want, I don't want that. And I didn't get what was available because I did not want it. But the minute I said, okay, I, I, I'll receive and I'll relax, then something that I didn't anticipate happened to me. If you have a, an aversion or a predisposition against moves of God or, or God uh, coming upon you in a greater way, then, then it won't be because it's not available or that's for some and not for all. It's because right now what you're able to receive by faith may not be the full measure of what God's making available. It's nothing to be sad about because it's just baby steps. So when you see someone, your brother or sister, receiving in a way that seems more dramatic, you don't have to make that bigger and whatever experience you might have smaller. The only thing I'm asking you to have is a desire to receive. Expressions, I just want to say this because I'll get to teaching fast in a minute. Expressions are unique to people. They, 
But sometimes we imitate the expression more than receive the anointing and walk in an anointing. The way I receive when the people where I'm from laid hands, they would they would have so much power. Almost everyone said the same. They lay hands. How? And that's what that's what it sounded like. That's what it looked like. It's not more anointed than somebody that says nothing. But in whatever home or tradition you were raised in, you might have expressions that are not necessarily biblical. They're not against the Bible, but, but they don't need to be imitated. What we are imparting is something that is from the Spirit. Jesus was anointed with the Spirit. Jesus, the Spirit was upon him. That grace was upon him. So that's what we're believing for ultimately. In order for our church to do what it's got to do, we need an impartation from God. We need more people with just, that don't just have the spirit of God within them, but upon them. You don't have enough power. I don't have enough power to break off of myself and all the others what's going on in this world without that grace. So let's look at numbers. This uh, Moses was frustrated because he had a bunch of complainers and he just couldn't handle it all the time. And he needed help. Raise your hand if you've ever been around a complainer. Mm-hmm. Used to be my kids. They don't do it no more. Ma, 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 ma. Who, what you want? Nothing, I just want to say your name. <laughs> People want to either complain or they want to irritate you. There's just people like that. Let's read together. Moses is getting the answer from the Lord to how to deal with the people. Ready? Verse 16, read. Then the Lord said to Moses, Gather for me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting. And let them take their stand there with you. Stop. Said Moses, if we're going to solve this problem with the people, if we're going to get you some help, you're going to have to bring the people to where you meet with me. Uh, you don't want to get this because it costs you something right here. I liked what Mother Boy did, but I had to go. Be where she was. I like what Pastor Wines did, but I had to go be. I like what Pastor Rice did, but I had to go. I like what Pastor Jim does, but I had to go be in those places. I hate to travel, but if you're going to have a bishop named Pastor Rice, you're going to travel all over the world. But to get the anointing that's on his life, I had to go places. He said, I want you to get 70 men who are identified by the people as leaders, and what these men have to do is be with you when you're with me. Because if our children don't see us praying, they don't know how to pray. If our co-workers only see us coarse joking and, and never doing the stuff that's in, in the book, they don't know what a Christian looks like. Have you ever confused people when it comes to Christianity because they're looking at you? 
I want you to see that. He said, bring, he said, he said, bring them. No, you, don't be fast with the scripture. Go back to the ne next one. 15. Okay, 16. Pick it up, Dave. And bring them to the tent of meeting and let them take their stand there with you. Hang out with Pastor Daryl at 6 a.m. prayer. Hang out. Hang out on Wednesday night Bible study. Hang out with your life group leader. Hang out in church. It's not just going to happen. Three. And I will come down and talk with you there. And I will take some of the spirit. There's a stop. You mean to tell me that it's something dramatic that happens when you show up with people. God said, I like that. I'll start speaking. We can converse. We can get together. Remember me, I was praying in the meeting and I wanted to have my own individual meeting. I didn't want to be with a group. Do you know there's certain things God wants to say to you as an individual, but there's other things that he wants to do with us as a group. I start speaking with you there. Moses, and then I'm going to take, what is, go ahead, Dave. And I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. I'm going to take some of your spirit, some of the spirit that's on you, and I'm going to put it on them. Some of the grace that's on you and put it on them. Some of the anointing on you and put it on them. Some of the spirit on you and put it on them. Some of the calling on you and put it on them. Some of the mission on you and put it on them. Smear it on them. Because the answer to what you need to do is you need more leaders like you. But they can't be like you if they're not with you. When you with me. <laughs> oh, please, church, talk to me. I know it's, I'm telling you stuff you might not want to do, but it's good. <laughs> Why is the prayer meeting the smallest meeting in church? Read, reader. Let's just keep going. Let's read. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you may not bear it yourself alone. Pastors, people like me in my position quit all the time. They quit. Do you want to know the number one reason why pastors quit? Tell me if you want to know. It's because the people they lead do not do what they say. With y'all, please listen to the Bible I'm teaching you so I don't go crazy and leave. Because how the burden gets easy, how the yoke gets easy is because all of the hands make the work light. God can't give us more and break us down. We've got to come together. It's not, you can't do this 
alone. It's a body of believers. Remember the first scripture about the impartation. He said that we might be mutually strengthened, mutually encouraged. I need something from you. You need something from me. We need something from God. They need something from us. Read. Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. That word didn't come back up. Remember, that was last week's word. Set yourself apart. Give me some time. Give me some space in your life. Prioritize me. Cut off something that's holy in the midst of all the other stuff that's going on. If I could just get your attention, if I could just have a moment, if I could just break in, if, if we could have an appointment that I knew I could get into you, ooh, it could be so helpful. Would you consecrate? I thought we were talking about an impartation, and he's saying the way to an impartation is a consecration. I want me an anointing. I want, I want the power of God, but, but you won't last. When I say it won't last, it won't last in the right way where it doesn't turn around and be the, the thing that you're meant to use as a blessing. You become numb to the things of God that you ignore. Read. And I will take some of the spirit that is on you, put it on them, and they shall bear the burden of the people with you so that you may not bear it yourself alone. And say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow, and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was better for us in Egypt. Therefore the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. You shall not just eat one day, or two days, or five days, or ten days, or twenty days, but a whole month, until it comes out at your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you, because you have rejected the Lord who was among you, and have wept before him, saying, Why did we come out of Egypt? That's just God saying, I got an answer for your complaint. I got, I got answers for all your problems. And it's kind of like a, the parent, when the kid keep asking for something they'll need, you know what, yeah, fine, eat it. Eat it till you get a stomachache. Read. But Moses said, the people among whom I am number 600,000 on foot, and you have said I will give them meat that they may eat a whole month. Shall flocks and herds. Go 26, verse 26. No, no, no. I'm, uh... Yeah, verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied but they did not continue doing it. Now, what happened when the Spirit came upon them? Talk to me. What happened when the Spirit came upon them? Did they do it eventually or did they do it immediately? When you meet in God's place with God's man, 
to receive something from, from God, he not only speaks, but then he can impart to you a gift that you did not have, a grace that you did not have, a calling you did not have previous to that moment because he is a supernatural God. He is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. He can anoint you with his spirit. He can anoint you with power. He can anoint you with gifts. He can anoint you with, with, with the grace to do things you couldn't do previously because you were not anointed by him. You didn't have an impartation from him they could not do that before they had not ever done that before but just like the bible said the spirit of the lord rushed upon saul and he began to prophesy with the prophets the spirit of the lord rushed on saul and he was turned into another man when god gives you an impartation from his spirit he can change your nature he can change your focus. He can give you the adjustments you need. We need greater empowerment from the Spirit to be changed. They immediately began to prophesy. You know, I, I was thinking about, uh, I said last week, when, when they told me, when they told me I would be the, uh, pastor of this church when the elders began to talk to me I immediately thought about all the reasons I could not I said well I don't know enough I wish I knew the Bible better um I wish I lived better uh he didn't call me when I was the greatest person I knew he called me when I said man why don't God why don't we wait till next month maybe I'll be doing better no, he, he's going to call me right. Wow. Okay, and, but he changed me. When they laid hands on me, when Pastor Rice, Pastor Jim, Pastor Ron, and they began to speak over my life, I was changed. I didn't think the same. I didn't think about you the same. You are no longer a thought of any burden. You're not a burden to me. Your life is not a burden. Your life is an easy yoke. I'm anointed to have the answer. I, I don't think I'm smart. When I'm, when, I'm, when I'm saying I'm anointed to have the answer, that's not arrogance. That's me saying it's just a gift. I just know what to do and how to do it instantly. I know what to say because he has graced me. They begin to prophesy. So... Let's go back. If he said, Moses, I don't want you to get weirded out by it. I'm going to put some of your spirit on him like he's trying to make Moses clones. He's trying to get people empowered and anointed and assigned at the same level as, as Moses, going in the same direction as Moses. He doesn't need another Moses. He's got another Moses, but he needs cooperation in the body of believers. But in order for them to cooperate, they've got to see something about Moses. And I want to end today before we pray for you, helping you see this. Let's go to Kings. Let's go to 2 Kings 2. And let's just start at the first verse for fun. Ready? Read. 
Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Stop. Elijah is the senior prophet. Elijah is just at this point, Elisha is just at this point a servant. The scripture only decides, describes him as the man who poured water on Elijah's hands. The scripture describes the beginning of their relationship as one that was, you know, you know, Elijah was coming out of some depression. He was running from Jezebel. God had given him assignments to, you know, in prophecies. He said, I want you to anoint your successor. He walks past Elijah, excuse me, Elisha, as he is uh, having these oxen. He throws his mantle. He throws his coat. He throws his mantle on him. He was calling him into service. He was calling him into ministry. He was calling him to be like, like him. And, and Elijah uh, just said, hey, let me, let me go back with my daddy and everything and let me get my affairs in order. He said, I said, I don't care what you do. Do what you want to do. Oh, I'm not, hey, I'm just, I'm just doing my part from the Lord. You see, I want you to understand that sometimes a man of God can have an assignment and no emotional attachment to it. Sometimes he can have an assignment that he has to do out of obedience, but he can't see all that God wants to be done. Sometimes there are moments when God is speaking something more profound and more significant uh, than you can understand in the moment, but you need to embrace your moment when it comes. Elisha had a lot of good things going on. Obviously, he was prosperous because of, he, because of the amount of oxen that he, that he had, and he was about to turn his back or or walk away from a family and prosperity to follow a prophet that gave question marks, if you ask me when you read it, whether he even liked them. And so I'm telling you before we read more in this story, the reason you have to consecrate, the reason you've got to get an impartation is because God is elevating you in this church and it will cost us all something. And I think that sometimes we forget to tell each other this. So I'm going to just tell you. I, I don't, I wasn't, it'll cost you something. Dave, did coming to Nashville cost you anything? A little bit. A little bit? A <laughs> little bit. Been easy? Not at all. Not at all. Dave, you've been on the mission field. It's not easy. We got missionaries in here. Look. It will cost you something. You're in this room because I'm telling you that God is elevating you, calling you up. This is your moment. Yes, there's anointing available, but before the anointing was available, he was called to simply follow. And I know that sometimes we want the grace without the responsibility. We don't want to do the work. We don't want to follow. We don't want to follow instructions. We don't want to follow through. We don't want to do everything everybody else is doing. We want special provision. We want special understanding. Well, they didn't really need me to serve. They don't really need me to do a life group. They don't really need me to come to church. They don't really need me to tithe. They don't really need me to, you know, live, live, live right. They, you know, they don't need me to do it. They got other people. No, it's you. 
Greet. So they went down to Bethel, and the sons of the prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he said, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. So stop. First of all, I want you to understand that when you get an assignment from the Lord, and when you're going through the wilderness season of it, Elisha was not prominent. He actually lost prosperity. He had not built a name for himself. He had not been anointed specially yet. He was only a servant. He was only an attendant. He was not in an office. He was only prophesied or, or being prepared for, for an office. And yet, there will be people around you that will always encourage you, you don't have to keep doing that. <laughs> you don't have to keep picking up after him. You don't have to keep following that. Hey, no, that's a man. That's a man. It's your time. You've been following the prophet around. We've seen how you served him. We're a group of prophets too. We like you. Start your own school of prophecy. There'll always be voices that tell you there's greener pastures. There's always be voices that will tell you that you don't have to do the full work of God. You don't have to let him finish his work in you. You don't have to stay humble. You know, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you. No, there'll be voices telling you to exalt yourself, to elevate yourself, to push yourself up. That's what he's got. But you know what I love about Elisha? You know what he said? Shut up. That's what the, you didn't read that version. But he said, shut up. Look, talking to me like that. Shut up. I like that. Read. Now, don't go home and start telling, don't tell your spouse, hey, baby, shut up. Eli, that's what Elisha said. So don't do that. That'll get you on the couch or outside the house and you in a phone call to the pastor. you be in Pastor JT's office. Read. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he Now they didn't him. come back. The man, he, they already told him this. They're relentless. He said, Yes, I know. I already know that. Why are you still bothering me? Why are you still trying to get me off my course? This always, and we always think the people who have the loudest voices or the majority voices are the right voices, and God doesn't work that way. What has he told you to do? Who has he told you to be? And you know, it'll be a big group of people telling you this is okay and that's okay, and the other Christians do it, and, and that's fine. That's a lie. Read. Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Say, say it like it, it, it's supposed to be said, Dave. I, I felt like that was how it was supposed to be said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I received that. I received your ministry. <laughs> and then Elijah said to him, please stay here for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. I'm not leaving you. 
Because in you is my inheritance, in you is my impartation, in you is my anointing, in you is my grace, in you is my elevation. You're not getting me off course because I actually understand who you are, Elijah. No, I'm not leaving you. I know you're telling me your time is up, but I'm going to stay with you until the time really does end. God gave me an assignment that's independent of your words to me. I'm not here because of you, Pastor James. I'm here because God called me to be here. I'm not here, uh, Elijah, because uh, you want me to be here. In fact, you had an attitude when you called me. God wanted me to be with you. No, I'm not leaving you. No, I'm not curtailing and, and, and shortcutting. I'm, I'm going to be here. Read. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. It's always, isn't it funny? Always the onlookers. Mm -hmm. We told them. They over there gossiping about you. You walking with the prophet in a subordinate position, seemingly having no inheritance at a man whose ministry that seems to be on the decline by everybody else and the, and the, and the, and the, y'all walking away from what they telling you is prosperous and they send us you know what i don't even understand that they're looking at him it's always a group that just don't want to leave you alone but he did something the bible says and we don't have time to get into the word he walked with Elijah. He kept in step with Elijah. He, he, he was following him a lot of time, but I like this. He says he walked with him. He, he had grown in his ministry to walking with him. See, it doesn't do us no good if everybody, oh, the Bible said no one can be greater than his master, but everybody can be just like him. We want people to be greater than us. We want people to walk with, come on, outpace me. Out teach me, out preach me. Pastor Rice, I love him. He 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 sets the bar so high and he keep on running. I gotta keep running. It encourages all of us. When you run faster, I've got to run faster. Read. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water. He's at the Jordan. He takes off his coat. He rolls it up. What do he do? And Struck the water. And the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. Now that's called an up-close miracle. Because you know, if, if I was with one of y'all, if I was with you, Dave, and you did that, I'd be like, hey, Dave, uh, man, do, go left. I'll just pretend, see if it keep working, see if it works to the right. Let's just keep, Dave, see if you can dry the whole thing up. Just say dry. He was getting a firsthand experience to a miracle because he kept walking with the prophet while the people standing over here on the side, they ain't got nothing. But something to look at. The people who told him to stay with them, the people who told them to abandon his responsibility, they, you know what they, 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 they did? They, they, they stayed back, and he went on, and he began to see greater works from Elijah Reed. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. 
And Elisha said, Please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. Let me give you a more intimate version of this. Because I think there's some obvious points, but let me put out some non-obvious points. Elijah was not just asking for the office. He wasn't just asking for greater power. He wasn't just asking for a greater position. He was asking for a greater relationship. The God we serve is a relational God. He said, look, I know you don't have any kids. I want to be treated like your firstborn son. I, I, I want to receive an inheritance of a firstborn son. I want to be family with you. I know our start was a little bit rocky. I had to leave one father, but I see you as my spiritual father. Now, I know that weird, that weird everybody out. I don't got no, I don't one mom and daddy. I don't have no spirit, you know. But, you know, it's something significant. We have parents in the Lord, people who birthed us in the faith or who act as spiritual coverings um, to us. And sometimes those relationships develop to the point that they're familial to that degree. Appreciate it. You don't have to get weird about it. You don't have to over, you don't have to over take it somewhere like, yeah, you owe me some money. No, you know, keep it in its perspective. Read. And he said, you have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Breathe. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. Now, this is quite significant, and I was just, this is kind of like our, 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 our summary time, and I want you to know it's pretty powerful. God confirmed that what they were doing, what he was doing in them was more than an office exchange. It was familiar. That's why he said, my father, my father. He knew that he had the double portion. He knew that their relationship was deep and it was authentic. He knew that he was going to walk in the grace that was given him. He saw him taken, and therefore he could see the anointing. He can see the mantle. But seeing the mantle is not enough. He had to go to the mantle. He had to go to that call and pick it up. And picking it up is not enough. He had, he tore off his other garments. Oh, God. Consecration. 
there's, it's, a, it's a lifelong process of you dying to yourself and taking off the old to put on the new. It's almost as if he's saying, this is something I'm receiving. This is not something I'm considering myself worthy of. This is not something I work for. This is, this is, this is something I'm being given by inheritance. For it to be a gift, you cannot work for it. You cannot earn it. You are not worthy of it, Elisha. You are not worthy of it, James. You are not worthy of it, 72 elders. You're not worthy of it, Moses. You're a murderer. You're not worthy of it, David. You're an adulterer. You're not wor we're not worthy of it. It's a gift. But if he says he's giving you a principle, though, if you see what's on my man, if you see what the calling is, if you see what the grace is, if you see what the power is, and you want to actually work in that, if you just stay with them when they're with me, if you just keep following them, if you just finish your race, you'll see them go to their next level so you can go to your next level. Then pick up the what? The calling. Pick up the cause. Pick up the grace. Pick up what's been given to you and then use it in the manner that you received it. He parted the waters the same way he saw him part the waters and he did twice as many miracles. And the final verse I want to read before I pray for you is I think the 15th verse. Or just, is that the 15th? Or the... Now, when the sons of the prophets yep. who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. He didn't have to say it. But you know, you know, you know, he gave me the anointing. You know, he gave me a job. You know, you know, he, he no, 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 no. The other, the, the people who was trying to distract you said, oh, he got it. He doesn't have his own ministry. He has a man. See, I, I'm at Bethel building on another man's foundation. This church is one I received. You can't think about what I do independent of Pastor Rice, Pastor Tim, Pastor Ray. These are the men who built before me that I'm building on what they did. I'm continuing on in the grace that they give, they, they've extended to me. There's this selfish, self-centered thing that, that can happen where we all think that we're independent of one another instead of that we're interdependent. The relationship with me and Pastor Dave started because he was my preaching coach. Now I get the privilege of being his pastor, but I didn't certainly become a better coach because I'm the pastor. Remember what Paul said, it's mutual. I need something from you. You need something from me. It is not healthy for us to think, oh, that guy's got it all. That guy is this super Christian. That's not healthy. That's not what we want here at Bethel. This is not what God is calling us to. We are all needed for this fight. So you need an impartation tonight. And I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for you. And I want you to get whatever you want from God. My life is full of impartations from women who were powerful, pastors who, who had a gift, prophets, evangelists, apostolic. I, I, am, I am full of gifts. And I didn't know why God gave me so many gifts 
till I realized I was designed to give them away. The first scripture said, Paul said, I so desire to give you some. I can't be everything I have that I can give it. The next season here at this church, you are needed. You're being called into service. You can prophesy, I can prophesy, but Pastor Jim, I was with him for years, writing out my prophecies, everyone on paper, handing them in to be judged to him. I was trained. I received an impartation. And now he receives my prophecies, even though he is himself is a great prophet. Stand to your feet.